Um, hello, everybody, uh, and Kia Ora. So today's webinar um, is about the Austroad's uh, innovative temporary traffic management device and solution assessment scheme, or AITSA, uh, which is coming into effect this Friday, the 1st of July. So we have more than 400 people registered for today's session. Welcome to you all, and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a communications officer at Austroads, and I will be moderating today's session together with one of our presenters, Chris uh, Kanidiciotis. Chris will moderate uh, the Q&A at the end of the webinar. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. A bit of housekeeping. Um, so today's presentation will run for about 40 minutes, and then we will have a Q&A session um, at the end of the webinar for about 15 minutes. The slides for today's webinar can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. Please send us your questions for the Q&A um, using the questions icon on your sidebar. If your question relates to any particular slide, just include the number of that slide in your message. Um, also, let us know if you are experiencing any technical problems, but just a quick tip, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, the issue is most likely with your internet connection. So closing your browser and rejoining the session via your email registration link usually helps. This session is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. If you listen to podcasts, you can also find Ostrods in your podcast app. So our presenters for today are Chris Kanditiotis, um, Austroad's Temporary Traffic Management uh, Harmonization Implementation Manager, and Gavin Hill, uh, General Manager Strategy and Delivery at Transport Certification Australia. So we will first hear from Chris, uh, who will introduce AITSA, and then Gavin will provide more details on what the scheme is and how it will work. Welcome to our presenters, uh, and over to you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Ekaterina, and uh, welcome everyone. I'm going to start the uh, presentation by giving you an overview of the broader national harmonisation implementation. Uh, Chris, Chris, I'm sorry to interrupt. We can't see your slides. There we go. Yep, we can now. Thank right. you. Um, yes, so I, I'm going to give you uh, the setting in which uh, AITSA is uh, set because it, it's an important reform and initiative. Uh, the National Harmonisation of Temporary Traffic Management Practice is effectively about improving safety. Uh, safety for all users of the road network and importantly for road workers uh, who uh, are operating at work sites. That is at its core, its fundamental purpose. And as such, it's recognized by many stakeholders as a crucially important uh, piece of work. The reason this initiative is being done and the reason it's important is because uh, we have effectively do have safety problems on our road network when it comes to worksite crashes. Um, 
we're doing it because it matters effectively. That's the foundational issue. Our worksite crash data is based on a number of crashes at worksites. And as you can see by the figures on the screen, we do have, through the work that we've undertaken, we have identified 18 fatal crashes that occur nationally in Australia on average per year, 245 serious injury crashes, and 530 minor injury crashes. Um, and for those of you uh, that might not be aware, when we talk about 18 fatal crashes, effectively in Australia, the average death of a, in a fatal crash is about 1.2. So effectively, we're talking about 21 to 22 people that lose their lives in worksite crash environments per year. Um, we need better standards, we need better skilled uh, people, we need better assurance systems, and ultimately we need to achieve better outcomes. And that runs to the core of why um, the whole initiative is being undertaken. Um, the issues that we're faced with is inconsistent guidance, uh, inconsistent practices, training and inconsistent implementation. Um, we, each jurisdiction in Australia has its own guidelines and practices and that in itself is not really the issue, the more fundamental issue is that we have significant variations in those practices across the country which effectively means an individual practitioner working in one area, in one state, I should say, has to retrain to become better acquainted with those conditions in another state. And that creates um, obviously issues and so forth. Solutions is better harmonized national guidance, better practices, harmonized training, and obviously a implementation process which is cognizant of the differences but arrives everyone uh, over a period to the same uh, harmonized solutions. This is not a new journey. The journey commenced in uh, December of 2019 when the 10-part Austroads uh, Guide to Temporary Traffic Management was released and has been widely adopted across the country. Um, in addition to this, I'd like to stress that this guide is not a static document. On the contrary, the road network is changing, uh, practices change, pre-qualification and accreditation processes change, training is changing as well. So we seek from you, the listeners, practitioners, all stakeholders, input. In using the guide, your learned experiences are critical to us. So we welcome uh, your engagement in providing um, inputs to our uh, initiative going forward. Whilst the guide is what we do, the National Harmonisation of Temporary Traffic Management Practice articulates the how we do it. And what's presented to you on the screen is effectively the different work streams that comprise the harmonisation going forward. As I mentioned earlier, this is not a new initiative. On the contrary, we're well within the implementation process. Um, this is a large scale uh, transformational initiative which um, impacts on a number of different dimensions. Uh, we have national training frameworks that have been developed. Uh, I should say to you that on our website, the Austroads website, there is already the registered training organisation or RTO operational framework that's available for you to download. Uh, we have developed training courses, uh, and I don't mean power slides, I mean the entire suite, 
and they too are available to both industry and prospective RTOs to peruse, review and provide comment to us. So all these things are now available. Uh, and importantly, we've also settled on a new updated set of skill sets and they too have been approved and are on the Australia's website. So I invite you to see, peruse these documents, acquaint yourself with these documents because they're very important. We are also commencing now the formal uh, work with respect to our national pre-qualification process, and that's underway now with the aim of developing ultimately an IT system, which will be a registry system that will hold this information that will enable and give effect to this harmonization. But today's discussion focuses on one work stream, the one that's highlighted blue on your screen. It is effectively the Austroads initiative, the Austroads innovative, I should say, temporary traffic management device solution assessment scheme, or in short, AITSA. And before I hand over to Gavin to take, through, take us through the details of AITSA, which are very important, I just wanted to give you an overview of, of what I call the holistic approach uh, to AITSA. AITSA adopts a holistic approach, which is critical because, and I want to stress this, AITSA is not just about technology. And the emphasis here is that whilst technology will be assessed to determine and confirm that the, the offering actually does what is claimed to do, it is not the basis of AITSA. It is only one dimension. AITSA involves a holistic end-to-end -end assessment process, which takes into account multiple dimensions. In addition to what the device is, and does it actually do what it claims to do, the environmental parameters will also be assessed. In other words, what settings, what temporary traffic management categories does this device or solution operate in? And more importantly, in what areas does it not operate in? What operational arrangements are set in place? How does it actually work? And what conditions are necessary for its safe operation and use? These two are very critical. Both the environment and operational arrangements dictate the hierarchy of control, which ultimately are the basis in which approval is granted by an individual jurisdiction to adopt or not a piece of technology. Going on, what training requirements are necessary? And by that I mean, what training has to be undertaken by the user to familiarize themselves and inform themselves and ultimately be able to use the device and initiative. This too will be part of the AITSA initiative. And ultimately, the interface in updating the guide. We envisage some of the initiatives that will be presented to us will be so innovative they're actually not even considered by the guide. In some cases, they might be actually disallowed by the guide due to not being relevant at the time. So we recognize that whatever initiative is presented will have to inform the guide in its updating and so it can be adopted. And ultimately, this is an Austroads initiative, which means all Austroads members, state, territory, agencies, and New Zealand are part of the decision-making process. And that's a fundamental part of the governance to ensure that any recommended for use is clearly understood by all stakeholders. On that note, I'd like to uh, complete my presentation and thank you for that.
and hand over to Gavin. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Ekaterina. Thank you also, Ekaterina, for helping me drive the slides today. Um, what Chris has provided you with just now is a really strong overview and introduction to AITSA. And what I'm going to take you on now is uh, to provide you with some of the detail around what AITSA actually is. And secondly, I want to talk about how AITS will operate in practice. So I'll start by introducing AITSA and um, AITSA essentially responds to the needs of industry. We've heard loud and clear from um, industry and road agencies alike that we need to provide a way for innovations to be brought forward for consideration and the assessment of, um, of Austroads and Austroads members. There isn't a front door at the moment for innovations to be presented neatly. And what we're seeing as a result, um, uh, innovators coming forward with devices and solutions, which don't find a neat pathway to enable their use and introduction on the road network. Now, this is a problem because as Chris has mentioned, um, we're trying to save lives and we're trying to improve the safety of uh, road workers and road users alike. And if we can't provide a mechanism that's nationally agreed across Australia and New Zealand um, to introduce innovations which can provide a way to save lives, then, um, then we have a problem. Now, for the sake of convenience, I'm not going to use this term innovative devices and solutions throughout this this presentation. Uh, I'm just going to refer to them for the sake of convenience as innovations. So thank you, Ekaterina. In terms of where AITSA came from, as Chris has already alluded to, um, this is part of the broader work that Austroads has been doing around temporary traffic management. One of the things that's been proposed through the development of the guide is that there needs to be ways to recognise new and innovative devices. We need to relieve jurisdictions of the burden of assessing and approving innovations. And we need a harmonised approach, which Chris has already mentioned, um, across the broader reform effort around temporary traffic management. And finally, we need to have a, a mechanism so that all Austroads members, the states, the territories and New Zealand, um, can share their knowledge and practical experience um, in the use of temporary traffic control devices and also their consideration of innovative approaches, which I'll get to um, in a few slides forward. Now, you're probably wondering who came up with the name AITSA. I'll simply say it was a collective effort of numerous Austroads representatives what it was trying to do was to capture three key aspects of this new, this new service. First and foremost, Austroads and Austroads members are at the centre of this new scheme. It is about innovative approaches. And as Chris has already stressed, and I'll continue to stress um, over the next uh, 10, 15 minutes, it's not just about technology. 
It's about an all-encompassing solution and an approach to innovations which takes into account the environmental parameters, the operating parameters, and the training parameters. So um, we came up with the name ATSA. Um, I believe we, you should only ever say it in full once um, and then forever simply refer to it phonetically as ATSA. In terms of what it's trying to solve, I've already touched on this, but I, I do want to um, just unpack this a bit further. Any, any innovation that's being presented to solve a public purpose problem like safety needs an effective mechanism or a pathway to enable innovations to come through, to be considered, and if they're uh, worthy of assessment and use, then they should find a, a neat pathway uh, onto the road system. And what, what we've heard and we continue to hear is that in the absence of a pathway that's mutually recognised by all jurisdictions, including New Zealand, that we're actually inhibiting the development and adoption of innovations. And, and worse still, we're leading ourselves down a path where there's unnecessary cost and duplication through having to um, seek different approvals and assessments at a jurisdictional level, which in turn is leading to inconsistencies between jurisdictions. Um, this, this serves no one any good. And, um, and what we've tried to do with AIDSA is to establish a way that overcomes these key challenges that have been uh, communicated to us very, very clearly by, by numerous stakeholders. It's also worth pointing out what AITSA is not. Um, AITSA is intended to complement other existing arrangements. Now, first, firstly, we're talking about innovative devices and solutions. So if devices that are used in temporary traffic management are already recognised through Australian standards or the New Zealand code of practice for TTM, then they fall outside of ATSA. Likewise, if there's a innovative device or solution um, that's used primarily for crash, crash protection at work sites, then they will be assessed through a separate uh, sister program that many of you will be familiar with already, this being the Australia Safety Barrier Assessment program, program, or ASBAP for short. If I just loop back to number one for a moment though, what AITSA is intended to capture um, are innovations that might be built on existing uh, technologies or devices which are already recognised through Australian standards. So we're contemplating uh, uh, innovations being presented to Australians that could be incremental innovations on top of existing devices, all the way through to radical new ways of doing things and to manage temporary traffic management arrangements on the road network. So there's no one size fits all when it comes to AITSA. We anticipate a full bandwidth of different innovations that um, we're likely to see. And um, before I get into some of the detail, I, I just like to make the point that um, any innovation 
um, is worthy of consideration through ATSA. And if it doesn't fit neatly into those, those two items there, then there's a high likelihood that it's worth uh, presenting an innovation through ATSA for, uh, for assessment. Just to, um, just to also loop back to the slide, which you've seen already, which is around um, uh, this holistic approach. I'm not gonna talk to it too much at this point, but I'll get to it a bit later. One thing I will say though, is that in order for Austroads to consider any innovation through ATSA, we're gonna need a fully developed solution. And when I say fully developed, we're not talking just about a device. We're not talking about a good idea. We're not talking about a product or a solution that might be in a research and development phase. What we're wanting to see are fully developed, fully qualified and fully documented approaches to temporary traffic management innovation. We need this fully fledged approach in order to do an assessment and the consideration of the of how the solution might be applied on the road network. I'll get to this a bit later in a few slides time, but I just wanna make sure that everyone understands that when we talk about AIDSA, we're talking about a fully developed, fully fledged solution that is ready to be presented to Austroads members on behalf of Australian and New Zealand road agencies for careful detailed consideration and legitimate consideration. So with that, I might turn just to the next part of, of the slide pack here, and that's around how AITSA will work in practice. And there are two key defining features uh, around how AITSA will operate. As Chris has alluded to already, um, there are some governance and structural arrangements which have been implemented with Austroads and its members in order to give effect to AITSA becoming operational from 1 July. Central to those governance arrangements um, are the, the way the AITSA scheme operates as an operating model. And secondly, um, I wanna talk about the AITSA panel. I'll start with the first one, and that being the, the AITSA operating model. And I'll just skip to the, the image, Katarina, if you could. Um, beautiful, thank you. The AITSA operating model is essentially, uh, involves six steps. In this diagram, you can see on the right, there are some darker shaded yellow steps. Um, these fall within the, the remit of AITSA. These being the submit, assess and recommend for use steps. They fall neatly within what we're talking about with AITSA and it is the new service that we're introducing on 1 July. However, AITSA cannot operate in isolation to the other three steps that you see in this, uh, in this image. Those lighter shaded uh, steps which include the acceptance for use, the utilised step and the review step, remain the responsibility of jurisdictions. 
Now, this is really important because every jurisdiction has subtly different processes for how they accept and adopt innovations onto their road networks. ATSA is not intended to uh, move into that space. What ATSA is intended to do is to provide a streamlined pathway through the submit, assess and recommend for use step so that the acceptance for use step by jurisdictions can move through um, in a more streamlined fashion. What I might speak to now is just briefly what we expect to see in the first three steps. And as I've mentioned already, the submit step is critically important. It's critically important because we, we expect to see a whole range and a diversity of innovations being put forward through AIMSA. As already mentioned, we might see incremental innovations all the way through to um, transformational innovations. Um, this is a deliberate design feature of AIMSA. And as a result, um, there is no specification, there is no standard, um, and we put the emphasis and the responsibility on what we call sponsors, sponsors of innovations, to present information to us that relates to uh, the description of the solution, how it works, the environment or environments in which an innovation is, is, uh, is expected to operate in, and also any other training requirements. Now, this is, this is a unique approach. It's a unique aspect of AITSA in the sense that um, we're offering a front door for sponsors to come through. However, we're placing a great deal of responsibility on those sponsors to tell us as much as they can in detail around how the innovation works and to provide as much information to us as they can around any operational experience, testing, field testing, field deployments, training requirements, any experiences from overseas for that matter that can help inform Austroad's understanding of what is being presented. So that submit step again underscores the importance of fully fledged, fully developed solutions being presented to AIDSA. We are looking for documentation and evidence and experience wherever possible to help us understand uh, what is being submitted. That will then help um, us move through to the assess step, which does involve um, the AIDSA panel, which I'll speak to in a moment, but the assessment step is really critical to understand how an innovation should be categorised. Um, and when we talk about categorisation through AIDSA, we're talking about the level of innovation, the extent of complexity that might be involved, and I guess most importantly, the potential risks that need to be mitigated through the, through the use of an innovation. Now, depending on the, the innovation, we'll be considering on a case-by-case -case basis what level of uh, assessment or testing or field deployments might need to be performed in order to give the AIDSA panel um, sufficient comfort to understand um, how an innovation will work in practice. 
if I just go to that spectrum that I was talking about earlier uh, for minor innovations that reference an existing standard or an existing kind of technology, the level of assessment might be quite you know, low key. For real transformational um, innovations that really test our, our paradigms um, and the way we do business today and the way we manage traffic on the road network, we might need to do some independent assessments. We might need to get some experts in to you know, tell us about the road safety implications um, and so forth. I guess what I'm trying to underscore here is um, the level of innovation will determine what kind of assessment is required. And, and also, if we go back to the submit step, the more information that sponsors are able to give us at the front end, the more streamlined the assessment process is likely to be. Now, subject to the assessment outcomes that are performed uh, by the Yatesa panel, or led by the Yatesa panel, I should say, um, if we're comfortable with the outcomes of the assessment, there will then be a recommendation for use granted to that innovation. That recommendation will also consist of uh, certain elements which will inform the acceptance for use by jurisdictions. And this might include some limitations around um, uh, you know, the conditions in which a innovation can be operated. It may relate to the training requirements that need to be imposed. Uh, it may relate to the environmental conditions and so forth. So that recommendation for use loops back to that holistic approach that we were talking about earlier. And that's really important because once jurisdictions start looking at the acceptance and adoption for use of innovations, they know exactly what to go to, to help streamline the, the adoption of these innovations onto their road networks in their jurisdictions. And it also helps them better understand where these innovations fit in terms of a hierarchy of interventions for TTM, and it also helps um, them manage their, their, their traffic management protocols and plans and, and other parameters which um, may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Now, once we move through these other steps, these final three steps in the cycle, I just want to mention briefly this review step. And as Chris has already mentioned, this review step is important because the collective experience of Austroad's members having adopted uh, an innovation that's emerged from AITSA onto their road network, that review step will help inform future updates to the Austroad's Guide to Traffic Temporary Traffic Management, Associated Approaches, and AITSA itself. And we're conscious that when you're introducing innovations, it's going to test the collective paradigms that we operate under. Uh, with temporary traffic management and more broadly. And we think um, this feedback loop um, that is, is, is critical to the operation of AIDSA is a really powerful aspect of, of this design model. I'll, I'll now turn to the, the AIDSA panel. So the AIDSA panel performs a central role. It's the central pillar to the operation of AITSA. And the AITSA panel will consist of uh, suitable senior representatives from each Australian state and territory and New Zealand. And as already mentioned, 
it'll draw on that collective knowledge and experience that we have through um, our Austroads members and Austroads representatives. Critically, the panel, because it does have that buy-in and investment from, from all Austroads members, the panel gives validity to the assessment and the recommendation process that's, that's managed through, through ATSA. And a key feature of this is that ATSA, through its operations, represents the interests of Austroads members. And so if we go back to that cycle, that operating model that I was just talking about, if a recommendation for use is made by the ATSA panel, it's being made by the same people that will end up accepting and adopting an innovation onto their road networks at a jurisdictional level. That's a, a, a key aspect of the operating model and a key aspect of why the AIDSA panel is central to the operation of AIDSA. Now, one of the key things that the AIDSA panel will do, and I did touch on this earlier, is that the AIDSA panel will characterise an innovation based on a number of parameters. Central to, to this consideration is the, the, the level of innovation being presented, its complexity um, and the risks that, that come with it. The AIDSA panel will be exercising judgment around what level of additional testing or assessment is required for an innovation to be considered and for an innovation to be recommended for use. Again, this will take into account that holistic approach and it will draw upon the, the information and evidence and any other documentation that's presented by the sponsor of the innovation during the submission stage. And at this point, you can probably start to get a sense of why that submit step is so critically important because it highlights that the quality of the submission, that the breadth of information and the detail that's provided will really assist um, the panel to make good decisions and, and efficient decisions. Now, depending on how things are characterised, there might be a need, depending on the innovation, um, and, and what, what information is being presented already to do some independent testing. You might need to do, do some field deployments, which might involve one or more Austroids members. We might need to seek um, expert advice for specific aspects of its operation, training or environmental use. In essence, better positioned a sponsor is to, to talk to us, to present to us a comprehensive suite of documentation and evidence that can be readily understood and distilled, the more efficient, we believe, the ATSA assessment process uh, will be. Now, in terms, of, in terms of pricing, there is a cost. And at the front end of this process, there is a fixed cost component, which is based on pure cost recovery by Austroads. And because we are looking at fully fledged, fully developed innovations that have already 
you know, have considerable information and documentation associated with them. We're looking to um, apply some work at the very front end during that submit step to review the, uh, the information that is presented to us by sponsors. And we'll be looking at all documentation, all evidence, processes, procedures, and any other aspects of the submission so that we can present to the AITSA panel a cogent, coherent um, um, assessment of the innovation um, during the submit step so it can move through to the assessment step. So a fixed cost price is right up front. It's a flag fall. It's intended to cover all that front end activities that we have with sponsors. And I, and I might say, based on experience here, um, in, other, in other aspects of similar programs, there is a lot of um, engagement that takes place between Austroads and TCA and uh, sponsors or applicants of innovative technologies. And um, we will work very closely um, with, with sponsors to ensure that all the expected elements of an ATER assessment are covered off during that submission step and to make sure that we've, we've covered off that holistic approach that relates to the operating environment, the operating conditions and the training requirements. So that cost right up front is intended to cover all that, all that front end engagement during this submit step. Now, because every innovation is going to be different, we can't give you a price for what the assessment step might cost. Um, that will be determined on a case by case basis. Um, but we anticipate that this will be a collaborative process uh, involving individual sponsors. And what we also encourage is that the more you can provide us right at the front end during the submit step, there's a, a lower likelihood that we're going to need to do independent testing or assessment or field deployments. But that will ultimately be determined by um, the, 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 the extent of the innovation that's presented and also um, um, the level of its complexity and the risk assessment that'll be performed. For, for lower key innovations um, that might involve some incremental enhancements to existing devices or technologies, then I would anticipate that the level of assessment that needs to be applied might be quite minimal. And if, if um, an incremental assessment, sorry, an incremental innovation um, has already been subject to the sponsor's own testing or validation and so forth, then there might not need to be any independent uh, uh, testing or assessment to be performed by the AITSA panel. So this is where I'd like to sort of um, just finalise. The key things to know is that AITSA commences operation on 1 July, it's only a few days away. And from that date, innovative devices and solutions can be submitted to Austroads for consideration. Um, through the AIDSA panel. Um, and um, we would encourage um, anyone who's interested with an innovation of any kind that's primarily used for temporary traffic management um, to, to come and speak with us. Um, questions, comments, um, um, even prospective submissions can be lodged through the Austroads email address there. And um, as this is a new, a brand new service being offered by Austroads, 
Uh, we're only too happy to talk to people about it. We know that this is new territory uh, for, for many stakeholders and there'll be lots of questions. So we're more than happy um, to talk to anyone who would like to consider uh, the, the presentation of an innovative device or solution. And um, we're, more than, we're more than comfortable talking in confidence um, with any uh, commercial providers around how an innovation might be presented through this, this new arrangement. Um, so Chris, I might leave it there um, and um, hand over to you for, for any Q&As. Yes, uh, thank you, uh, Gavin. And we do have many questions. Um, let me just, there's two groups of questions, uh, questions specific to ASA, and then there's a couple of questions specific to broadly temporary traffic management. Let me just answer those few questions first, and then we can um, address the other questions. Uh, yes, training material for temporary traffic management trainers is available for review. Uh, if you can send your email to uh, the email address you see on the screen, uh, that is to me, or, or to Gavin for that matter, but to me, or if you want to send it to austroads at austroads.com.au, um, we will put you on the list and organise to get you the training material for your perusal. Uh, there was a second question to do with, that came from local government, um, indicating some concern about uh, uh, not having uh, the, the being um, low resourced and not having access to the ability to deal with the entire guide. Uh, I'd just like to answer that question by saying Ostroads has commissioned some work to develop a low volume, low speed version, which specifically deals with uh, agencies, in particular local government, but also uh, others who deal with low volume and low speed temporary traffic management works. Uh, there are other questions that were specific uh, in deep technical detail to the guide, and we're not going to mention them now, but we have your question and we will in turn be answering that question specifically to you. Uh, now, with respect to questions that we've had on the actual presentation, uh, Gavin, I'll uh, read out the questions to you. Um, many questions are the same, so we've tried to combine them into one sort of free-flowing question and then you we can uh, address each question at a time. But the first one was, uh, how does AITSA add to or interface with other such international assessments or domestically based assessments that may have already been done? Uh, it, it aligns very neatly. Um, so a key, a key foundation of AITSA is that we're not here to replicate anything that's been done elsewhere. So if there's um, uh, international or local standards, um, international or local approvals that relate to an aspect of a holistic solution, they will be, um, they should be presented as part of the submission for an innovation. Um, if the AIDSA panel is comfortable with um, uh, a particular aspect that might relate to a technology, training or it might relate to operational experience, then all that's part of the package of information or the evidence base which should be presented to 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 AIDSA. Um, I hope that I hope that covers the question neatly. 
yes, 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 it, it does. Um, uh, a follow-up question was, how does AIDSA tie in with uh, any legislative provisions, uh, be it national or state-based in Australia and, and New Zealand for that matter, uh, or is it just a guide for use or can it be ignored by industry? I think what it means is if a state has um, accepted and adopted a particular device, uh, how binding is it? Uh, does it need legislative provisions or not? Um, without, I mean, without going into specifics around legislation here, the the objective of AITSA is to provide a, a more streamlined process for industry to come forward to government with innovative approaches. Um, so, in time, there may be a case for specific innovations that are well established, that have come through the AIDSA process in the past to be part of the temporary traffic management guide or other procedural documents, or indeed they might be picked up in regulation. But for now, the main focus is providing a, an efficient, well understood pathway for innovations to be presented to governments. And that, that is, uh, and that's why the, the AIDSA operating model and the AIDSA panel is so important because you've got government representatives from all Austroads members sitting front and centre through this process. Okay. Um, a follow-up question to the first one I, you received, and that is how does this interface with any existing, that is underway uh, assessments that a particular state uh, may currently be doing um, at the moment? Um, again, um, because this is a new scheme, um, we, we, we will pick up any existing uh, uh, approvals or assessments that are currently underway. Again, that would be part of the submission process. So if something is you know, mid-journey, so to speak, through an assessment or an approval at a jurisdictional level, then we can merge that process into, into uh, AIDSA um, and we would encourage people to do that. Yep. Um, we had a couple of questions around the theme of uh, how does AIDSA propose to undertake field testing if, if they cannot be legally used now? In other, or rather, I should actually, let me reword it. How can a supplier have undertaken field testing for their solution, in Australia at least, if it's currently illegal? Um, and hence, how can it provide that evidence as part of their submission to the AITSA panel? Yeah, sure. Sure, it's a bit of the chicken and the egg question, isn't it, Chris? Um, and it's a, it's a good question. Um, we, when we say, when we talk about field testing or field deployments with respect to an innovation, we're conscious that um, sponsors that come through AITSA may have done some testing or deployments off the public road network, or they may be drawing upon experience from other regions where an innovation um, has been tested, deployed, or, or used widely. So we're looking for that kind of experience wherever possible. Um, if it doesn't exist, and, and, and often it won't exist, then that's where we turn our minds to working with sponsors of innovations to, to work collaboratively with, with the AITSA panel and Austroids members to look at deploying some, some physical testing or, 
or field deployments so that we can get a better understanding of, of the practicalities and the, the operating arrangements for an innovation. But wherever possible, if you can draw upon experience from elsewhere or off the public road network, um, we're all ears. Okay. There were a, a couple of questions that actually delved into potential submissions, and I, I won't go into them in detail because I actually had, I guess, uh, information which was probably intellectual property <laughs> type information that it's not for me to be sharing to a public forum. But the, the essence of the question was um, prior to actually there's an assumption that on the 1st of July, is there a portal or is, you know, how is the submission facilitated? That's the first part of the question. So I'll let you answer that one first. Um, look, um, there's not a portal per se. And we gave this consideration, to be honest, um, but we thought a portal was too prescriptive. Um, what we want to encourage is to have conversations with prospective sponsors. Um, so that we can help guide you through the process. Remember at the front end, there's no standard, there's no specification, and we're opening our doors up to a very wide spectrum of potential innovations. And in that context, um, it's best for us to engage directly with the interested parties. And in the first instance, uh, an email to uh, myself or through the, the Austroads at austroads.com.au email, Will, will suffice and that will be enough to get the conversation started. Okay, and, and, and the second part of that question, which you sort of um, jumped on was, um, uh, because it's so innovative and it's so unique and there's no sort of standard application form, is there a mechanism for someone to engage, to engage with someone at Austroads so they can ascertain if they should be putting in an application? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I, I think, uh, the, the same answer stands. Um, um, in the first instance, um, I'll nominate myself as as a person to to have those initial conversations with. Um, um, and it's important to you know at the very outset to ensure that you're having you're having the right conversation at the right front door. Um, and uh, and if uh, if we need to direct you elsewhere, we will do that right up front. Okay, good. Um, there was a, a follow-up question just popped up. Um, I won't mention where it's from. Um, there's a particular device that is approved in one state in Australia. I think the implication of the question is it's not approved anywhere else. And the question is how will this be approved nationally without additional cost? So I think the, the, there's a process question and then there's a, a cost question. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, is this one of those sponsor ones where the state can sort of um, facilitate a process as well, Gary? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, if I understood the question correctly, we're talking about a, a device that's already in operation in one jurisdiction. Is that correct? And uh, it's, in use, it's been approved and it's used according to the conditions that have been set. Perfect. So, um, whoever that approval currently rests with, it, it may be a, a, a jurisdiction or it may be a uh, uh, or any other party for that matter. Um, if they're interested in um, um, having it nationally recognised through AITSA, then I would encourage them to come forward uh, and we can start that process procedurally. 
In terms of any additional costs, so I guess this is a good example of where if something's already been approved in one jurisdiction and we've got some operational experience, real operational experience, then there, there may not be a case to you know, incur much in the way of costs, um, subject to the determinations made by the ATSA panel, um, we might be able to simply draw upon uh, the operational experience in that jurisdiction. Um, so um, if there were to be, hypothetically, um, any additional um, requirements that the ATSA panel sought to do, such as additional testing, then um, uh, we might call on that particular party to uh, you know, contribute towards those costs. But in saying that, if, there's a, if this innovation that's already been approved in one jurisdiction um, delivers a really, you know, really solid safety benefit to, to road users and workers, then there may be a case for um, Osprey's members, um, without speaking on their behalf, to contribute towards those costs um, in order to have that, um, that device recognised through ATSA. Okay, uh, I've got three more broad questions. Um, one is, uh, how much can a recommended for use, that is a already approved device or solution or product, be changed by the supplier before it needs to be reassessed? It's a really good question. Um, and this, this goes to um, the recommendation for use itself. And I, I didn't mention during the presentation, but there, there is a, a, um, an agreement that um, sponsors will enter into to receive their ATSA recommendation. And as part of those terms and conditions, there'll be specifics around the thresholds in which need to be met. If there is a change and it crosses a threshold, then there may be a case to represent it back through ATSA. But to answer the question briefly, um, this will be subject to the innovation um, on a case-by-case -case basis. And we might have some level of tolerance, depending on what the risk profile is that the ATSA panel determines. We might have some tolerance to accommodate some level of, of change management. But I think in order to give robustness and integrity to the entire ATSA operating model, um, any substantive or material changes to the solution should be formally recognised or at least represented through, through ATSA. Now, whether that involves additional assessment or testing, well, you know, it depends on the magnitude of the change, but um, where we're conscious that um, this is an active process and to give integrity and to maintain integrity around ATSA recommendations, then uh, we need to ensure that any evolution or enhancements that are made to previously recommended devices or solutions um, are captured over time. And that will give confidence to everyone's reference and use of those innovations. Sure. Um, the next question, Gavin, is, is this process, the ATSA process, dependent on any third parties? Um, or is it simply Austroads and then um, the state or territory or New Zealand adopting or otherwise? Um, the, the only third parties that would be involved would be during the assessment stage if I've understood the question correctly. So the ATSA panel may determine that independent assessment or testing or expert advice might be sought, but that would be the limit of any third party involvement. And that third party involvement would be in an advisory capacity to help 
and to assist the, the ATSA panel make determinations around its recommendations. I'm not sure whether that captured the essence of the question, Chris. Um, yeah, look, there, there was a follow-up question that popped up. This is a, quite an active process, I should say, here. The questions are coming from everywhere. Is that uh, a concern with um, other attempts at this has been that whilst uh, an approval has been granted by a, that because states haven't been involved in it, um, they then negate or the approval process. So what are the reassurances? So the question is how closely connected are states to this so that their adoption um, is, is actually well considered? Yeah, look, this goes to the heart of why AIDSA has been implemented and um, why the AIDSA panel is so important. Um, to answer the question, this has a very strong alignment with jurisdictions. I'm not going to speak to uh, previous attempts or previous experiences. What I can tell you is that the AIDSA panel has investment and buy-in from all Australia's members, all the states, territories and New Zealand, Australasia. I believe, I don't want to speak on, on, on others' behalf, but I believe this is the first time we've established a nationally agreed trans-Tasman approach to temporary traffic management um, assessments and recognitions for innovative temporary traffic management devices and solutions. This is a first. And I think the, the key ingredients and the foundations that we've put in place, we've done it through the Australia's Temporary Traffic Management uh, Task Force, and there's a technical uh, working group as well. Uh, they've been instrumental in getting us this far. They will continue to be instrumental in, in shaping AITSA and the other work that Chris is doing. But the AITSA panel itself um, provides confidence to all stakeholders who might be here today and into the future that this isn't just a sort of a uh, an independent process that doesn't have any linkage to jurisdictions. Key to its and central to its design and its operation is that linkage. And those people that are on the AITSA panel are ultimately um, representing those people who will make decisions about the acceptance and adoption of use of innovations on their, on their road networks in their jurisdiction. Um, and I don't think that linkage has ever been done before. And I think that linkage is really important to emphasize. And uh, one final question um, before we summarize this, how can we, that is I'm assuming suppliers, uh, uh, proposers, uh, assume our intellectual property remains safe? Yeah, really good question. Um, we're absolutely conscious of that. Um, and, as part of that submission step, as well as the assessment step, we've put in some really strong governance arrangements, which I, I haven't talked about today, but um, just note that they exist. Some really strike, strong protective mechanisms um, to ensure that intellectual property is preserved. And, uh, and uh, I can talk more about that with any interested uh, uh, party who wants to consider putting something forward. But it's, it's at the forefront of our minds. I know it's been at the forefront of um, the TTM task force um, and, and others who we've been talking with across the Australia's um, program level, that this is a key 
um, aspect that we need to get right. And I believe the links that we've gone to so far um, uh, will, will provide the necessary confidence for people to come forward. Good, okay. Uh, thank you, Gavin. I was just gonna repeat again, there are, there are a number of questions which are specific to training materials, to road categorization and, uh, and the like. Uh, we will answer these questions, we have them, uh, we will answer them, but they're not on today's subject matter, so um, we, we, we'll address them separately. Um, so, uh, Katerina, over to you. Thanks so much, Chris. Uh, thanks, Gavin, and thanks everybody for your questions. Uh, just a couple of slides left. Um, our future webinars, uh, we have five coming up. So the sessions will cover various topics. Uh, we will talk about new guidance to support cloud-connected road users. We will talk about some changes made to the guide to road design part six, uh, waste material um, in road surfacings um, and updates to um, standards Australia for bitumen and related materials. So if you're interested in any of them, please register uh, on Australia's website. If you have uh, any feedback to provide about today's session, uh, when we close out today's webinar, there will be a questionnaire that will pop up on your screen. Um, so let us know what you liked, what you didn't like about the session. It helps us understand what you need and how we can improve um, our webinars. Once again, today's session is being recorded and we will send you the link to the recording when it's available um, on our website. Stay well and safe um, and enjoy the rest of your day. We will um, hopefully see you next time.